In the meantime, as Global's Marnie Blunt has been telling you this morning, the city of Winnipeg has launched its first ever anti-racism week. So let's chat about that with our friend Dr. Raymond Abdurrahman, psychologist and diversity advocate. Raymond, good morning to you, sir. Good morning to you, too. Sort of the the diversity advocate thing is just something I made up this morning. I hope that title's okay. Yeah, it's totally okay. Okay. So listen, well, the reason why I went with that is, you know, as long as we've known you, as long as we've been speaking to you on CJOB, you have been calling on our leaders to be more inclusive, to promote diversity. So what was your reaction to the news that the city is launching its first ever anti-racism week? Well, you know, it's it's cynical, and, and I'll tell you why. Um, you know, racism is really a, it, it is a pandemic. It's actually a determinant for health, which is why, as a psychologist, it's something that, that interests me. Um, and we need to be able to look at it that way. So when you are affected, when a population is affected by something, we take it as a priority, and the things that we do reflect the urgency of that. So with the global COVID pandemic, all of us are affected all of us take impact changes right away and uh, because it's it's urgent we all feel the impact with something like racism not everybody feels the impact some of us are privileged to not have it and some of us unfortunately don't have that privilege and when that when that experience is not experienced by other people the way in which we approach it is often a misstep and so having something like a one-time you know uh, anti-racism week doesn't always hit the mark. And the reason for that is because can you imagine if we just had a one time COVID pandemic week to understand and influence people? No, we, we, we made changes across the board in every aspect of our lives because it impacted all of us. What we don't recognize is that racism, when it impacts one part of a population, impacts all parts of the population. And so a one time racism week that aims to just train some members of, of society that work for the city doesn't really meet the mark. So when you talk about that feeling, Raymond, walk, maybe if you can, I don't want to make it too personal to you, but walk it, walk us through that feeling because as you say, there are many might have that privilege to never experience what it's like to be targeted by racism. So what's the lingering effect of that? It's not just in that moment. It's not just in the day where you might be feeling the, the words that were said to you or the actions of somebody, say, in a store. We hear stories of people being followed in stores because presumptions are made about what they might be doing in that store for the right and wrong reasons. Mm-hmm. Is, is there an example you can think of and how you know it still lingers as a, as a negative in your lives or the lives of others you've spoken to in the past? Well, that's a good question. You know, so when we think about racism, the reason why people think something like anti-racism week works is because we're looking at what we think are like these really archaic, stereotypical views of what racism is, right? Like burning crosses on people's lawns, separated seating areas. But racism is a lot more subversive and nuanced than that. And I'll, you know, personally, but not just personally, I would say anybody who has experienced racism and discrimination. It's very nuanced. It shows up in our legal systems. It shows up in child and family services. It shows up uh, in teaching. It shows up in healthcare, And, you know, little subtle things like that show up everywhere. And when, when you are faced with racism, you get used to it. You know, people see you in a certain light, and then you begin to see yourself in that light. And all of that starts to impact our, our behavior. So, you know, there's subtle things where people don't want to pronounce, like I'll give you an example. Um, you know, I get used to the fact that people don't pronounce my name well. And people say, well, what's the big deal? Well, it minimizes the value of what my name actually is. And so when Brett does something like going, uh, you know, actually it didn't take him a lot of time, but he goes out of his way to just take the effort to pronounce my name well. You know, that 
is going to be anti-racist. And people say, well, I didn't mean to be. And that's the thing about racism. Racism is not always intentional. We sustain a way of thinking that has been handed down to us. And that way of thinking, that way of living is really based on racist views. And it's, it's these microaggressions. On, is that the right word? Because I've been hearing that, that so that much the now, right the microaggressions, right? Yes, but the microaggressions have macro impact, right? They're right. psychologically invalidating. And they start to have like a, a buildup effect. And so if somebody, and, but, but that comes from a sense of bias. So racism is not about just this, you know, like just a stereotypical thing. It's about these biases that influences behavior, which ultimately influence decisions. And those things have great impact on people's lives. You know, who gets the COVID vaccine? Who has been greatestly impacted by that? You know, do we do we do, let's talk about COVID. So what about frontline workers who tend to be people of color because or, or newcomers because they can't get any other jobs? They tend to be overly impacted. And are they going to be the first ones in line to get that when they're the ones who are doing that? Those are really good examples of how racism gets built into our system. And where something like an anti-racism week speaks to the low priority. Raymond, is part of the issue here measurability? You mentioned COVID-19, so I'll just play off of that analogy. We get the updates on a daily or every other day basis from Dr. Rusin, and we get the news release every single day, the numbers, the trends, where we're at, uh, how many people have been tested, how many people are in the ICU, how many people are in hospital. There are tangible statistics which tell us where we've been and perhaps predict where we're going is it possible to measure racism in that fashion? Is that what it's going to take in order for us to, to pay attention is to make it, quote unquote, measurable? Well, racism can and is measured that way. There's experts like myself who measure on a, you know, psychologically on a regular basis. The issue is, are we talking about those? You know, and so, you know, things like, you know, the measurability impacts on things like health and pandemics. Those things were measured before COVID showed up. But it was a priority in that put up in our in our public health discussions, in our discussions about those kinds of things. The way we discuss racism is in a very archaic way. And uh, we expect people to be hopeful when they're given this small token. And here's your one. Uh, well, that's not really going to positively impact my life because I'm going to experience racism on an ongoing basis. And so, yes, you are right. It is about measurability. We have those measures. We have terminology, you know, like things like just bias, and we under, we have a psychological understanding. And so what we have to do is put that into practice. Now it's interesting because you know uh, the mayor's office was was given a plan. I, you know uh, our team had actually proposed a psychological plan that would go citywide, uh, and that would gradually start to improve these kinds of things. And and it's interesting because the mayor's office, when they responded to another major media outlet, you know responded in a way that would suggest that they're doing enough. So you know. This is where the concern is when we approach these kinds of things, they tend to be reactionary. It's the sign of the times. You know, we've had these horrible things happen, so we're going to be reactionary, but we're not going to be proactive. And if as long as we're not being proactive and talking about this literally like a social determinant of health, we're not going to be addressing the problem. Our guest is Dr. Raymond Abdurrahman. He is a psychologist, and we're talking about the city's first ever anti-racism week Six years ago, McLean said Winnipeg is the most racist city in Canada. Would you say that that's still the case six years later? Well, I'm not measuring, but I can tell you for sure racism still exists. I experience it at least on a weekly basis. 
any person of color, any marginalized person will tell you, any woman will tell you they face discrimination. We have a problem in the city, uh, and yes, it still does exist. So when you hear from people, and you know we even get every time we tackle this topic, texts will come in from someone saying this isn't an issue or it's not a problem, and particularly when we talk about deeply rooted issues like systemic racism within various organizations in this country, people will say that's not it, that's not a problem, you're overblowing the situation. That is part of the problem, though, that you have to keep fighting back and pointing out the problem to begin with, because some people just don't want to hear it. Yeah, it's true. I mean, let's talk about it compared to mental health. You know, if you have never experienced a mental illness, you're not going to understand the nuances. And just because you've not experienced it doesn't mean that mental illness doesn't exist. Right. And the same thing is true for racism is that if you haven't experienced racism, doesn't mean it doesn't exist. And that's the privilege that one carries. If one has a privilege, let's say men, men would say, we have no problem with sexism. But if you're a man and you've not really experienced that level of sexism, you know, well, then you can't say it's not a problem. You need that lived experience. And we need to be able to rely on the people who are actually experiencing it to tell us whether it's a problem or not, not on the people who aren't experiencing it. Here's an example of some of the reactions we might get here, Raymond, before we let you go. Seriously? Seriously? I'm a racist because I struggle to say a name in a language I don't speak. So here's the interesting thing. So when we say we, one does not need to be racist intentionally to carry out a racist uh, act. See, as I say, we get things handed down to us. If, if our society is not getting used to talking about uh, describing or explaining different names or different uh, ways of living or different communities, we are supporting an idea that the, the way to live is a white way to live. There's a standard that the names that are easier to pronounce are names that come from a Eurocentric background. And anything else, you know, we're just going to stumble through and just pass over it. We're just going to. And so you're not intentionally being racist. But it is promoting a view that the names that we should focus on and the names that we shouldn't focus on are really dichotomized based on people's ethnicity. And I guess but then, too, before we let you go, if, if somebody uh, does struggle to say a name, because as pointed out, it might be in a different language, um, if, they, if they try and fail or, or just can't get it, like they just can't ever stick the landing on pronouncing the name, uh, what should they do? You know, I think it's really about intent. This is not about achieving things perfectly. This is about being able to have a conversation and learn. Brett, you picked it up right away. I mean, Brett, you're a white guy from Transcona, you know, who who picked up the name, like, better than any Arab that I know. So, I mean, we have this impression of things that we can't and can't do, and we can do it. Um, and I think if we just say, look, I, I don't know, and we talk about our intention, and we try that's really what it's about. Like, this isn't about achieving perfection right away. This is about the attempt. And the attempt speaks to the intention. If we say the alternative, this isn't an issue, I don't need to bother trying, that speaks to intention as well, too. So we don't need to get things perfect. I'm not really offended by the fact that people can't pronounce my name. But I am certainly impressed. And it does a lot for levels of trust when people make that effort for me. Doctor, right, I like you. I like you a lot because you've made that effort. Well, I appreciate your patience too, because it did. I seem to remember taking a little bit longer than it probably should have, but uh, you're too kind to admit otherwise. So we'll have to leave it there, Doctor Raymond Abdurrahman. Thank you so much for the time, as always, sir. Always a pleasure.
My pleasure. Thank you. And Raymond, by the way, has a podcast, Different mm-hmm. People Podcast, the website differentpeople.ca. You can also find it on social media as different.people.podcast on Instagram, for example. Loren, you, you acknowledge it. Have you listened to the podcast? I have. Yeah, it's excellent. And I actually, if you go to his website too, he's got all sorts of just different tools there and things to tips for uh, for your own life. I mean, just in terms of just the psychology and the impacts of racism, I, I like that analogy. Like it's a daily ongoing onslaught. And you have to remember like mental health, Greg, when he said you might not have to, can you, can you not empathize? You don't have to be living it to appreciate how that can hurt. And I think that that's where we, it, the same way we've turned the page on mental health, maybe that's where we need to go with the conversation on racism. Plain and simply meeting others where they live. Walk in their shoes. Look it through their glasses or their lens. I don't know. I can come up with a million different <laughs> analogies, but just, like, try it out. Uh, only, if they're bifocals, though, I'm not going to try that because I'm not quite ready to admit that I need bifocals yet. Oh, come on. Ooh. I'll let you try mine. Ah. <laughs> oh, man. I'm, like, online ordering you some glasses and a chain right now uh, for your bifocals. Chain.